you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects, but there's an easier way. When you download Thumbtack, it's easier to care for your home from top to bottom. Pull out your phone and in just a few taps, you can search, chat, and book highly rated pros right in your neighborhood. Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today. Welcome to Nerdist Podcast number 866. This is the second episode of Talking with Chris Hardwick on Nerdist. The cast of Silicon Valley, or a chunk of them, it's Middleditch, uh, Martin Starr, Zach Woods uh, were on the, the talking show, which is on AMC Sunday nights at 11, 10 Central. And uh, we tried to cobble together as much of the cast as we could, but Kumail was out uh, promoting uh, the movie. with He was at a festival with Emily Gordon promoting The Big Sick, and, uh, and Amanda Crew was also uh, unavailable. Uh, so we got these three amazing guys, and uh, they're f- just funny as shit. I mean – they're all equally funny in completely different ways. You know, Middleditch has such a great energy and everything Zach Wood says is so fucking funny. And then Martin Starr is hilariously dry. I mean, it's just they're so great together. So we had been saying, you know, the, the plan is to put out the uh, – I was originally seeing the unedited version of the show – which I, I have to say, I'm not sure is 100% accurate. There are actually little edits here and there because, you know, we shot, we, you know, we go to commercials. Sometimes we retake things, you know, like intros and outros and stuff. So it's not like 100% raw, unedited, it, but it is a very extended version. So I don't, I would feel bad if I felt like I was lying about what it actually is, but it is, it is extended. Uh, thank you for nodding, Katie Levine. Um, and, uh, and so that's what it'll be. So I think we'll probably change the language to unedited because that's technically untrue. It's technically an extended version, but it's a, a greatly extended version. The TV version is like 41 minutes. And I think this is what, what's the running time on this one? It's like, oh, it's an hour and a half. This is incredibly extended. So, uh, so there you go. So that's, that's as much as, uh, that's as much as we could cram into a podcast i think and uh and so that's it yeah please watch the show first of all season four premiere of silicon valley sunday april 23rd on hbo and uh, hbo go hbo now and then um my show talking with chris hardwick sunday nights amc eleven ten central and happy to announce that it is on uh itunes and it's starting to appear on uh, digital platforms around but you can buy the season on itunes and it gets released you know like the morning of the morning after it, it it airs so like early monday morning the the episodes pop up on itunes so there you go uh nurse podcast number 866 talking with chris hardwick cast of silicon valley most of them katie roll the thing now entering nerdist.com
heard from you on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook using at talking. So I'm going to read your questions and comments and your comments and even showing some video messages that you sent in for the guys. Plus, our studio audience later on is going to have the chance to come up and ask their questions. I'm going to give them prizes and toys because that's what I do. But uh, let's get to it. So uh, first of all, congratulations on the success of the show. Uh, it is a phenomenal, phenomenal program. Thank you. Thanks. I take full credit. You take full credit for it? <laughs> yes, I do. Despite the fact that Mike, Mike Judge, did any credit for that whatsoever? I don't know who you're talking about. All well, I'm he created is, the show. He's BBB mm, was in Butthead. Never heard of him. Uh, when I thought of the show. <laughs> you, did, you definitely did not think of the show. Uh, okay. All right. I agree mean, to Zach, disagree. You, I'll there, see you in court, man. We were going to take partial credit, but it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's been taken. <laughs> yeah, it's, so credit's I guess on a first all, call, a first dibs. Yeah, I even chimed in with a thank you, but, but clearly it wasn't a valuable thing. So you. you're going to take everyone to court over this now? This I is have, very yeah. litigious. <laughs> it's incredibly it's very aggressive. Team a lawyer. Right, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the show, it's just one of those shows, I remember when it came on a handful of years ago now, uh, I was really excited because I... I, I knew most of the people on the show. And I was like, oh, everyone, you know, I know how funny these people are. Everyone's going to see up. But, like, right away, the show didn't even have... There wasn't that period where it had to find its footing. It was funny from minute one of the show. So what do you, what do you guys attribute that to? Did you, did you all know each other before? Yeah, most of us, yeah. Yeah, I had I, I met Martin uh, through the show and Amanda Crew and Josh Brenner. But, like, you know... It just so happened that a lot of us had been not only knowing, known each other for some time, but like been performing comedy together for a while. And I don't think Mike and everybody knew that. I think that was a happy accident. They just sort of found out, like, oh, you guys know each other and uh, are all friends? Great. Yeah, we knew each other in New York. And Martin, I, we'd never met, but Martin was one of my heroes because of Bill Haverchuk was like one of my favorite TV performers I didn't know anybody. of all time. <laughs> You came in totally blind to the entire thing. I don't thing. know what they're talking about. This whole, we knew everybody, we all performed comedy together. Not me. Do you feel... Do and you he's feel, actively maintained great emotional distance from yeah. us in a way that feels, frankly, deeply hurtful. Mar- Martin is sort of built... He's sort of built an island of himself uh, yeah, exactly. in the cast. And we, even, we even shoot my scenes. Like, if you notice, I'm always off in the corner. Yeah. I'm just... Uh, I green screen me in. Yeah, they're usually shot on a totally different... Now, you even see this Tucson. defensive body posture. I see the arms are crossed. He doesn't really want to be a part of this in any way. Yeah. We call him. <laughs> he's sort of like an Alcatraz. He's an island and fortified to the point where you can neither get in or out. Did you? All- <laughs> I'm stuck here. <laughs> I am stuck here. Did everyone have? Did everyone have improv training? Was it? Was it? Uh, was it? Was it improv and sketch? For, yeah. for me, yeah, improv, yeah. sketch, and a little bit of Stundup, but uh, that's right. uh, that's Austrian for for stand up. Stand up comedy. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, that's how I met Zach, Kumail, and TJ all through various comedy scenes in New York and uh, and Chicago. Yeah, uh, that's my background was improv. What was also improv, but not in the same, not in the UCB of it all. It was more one on one. When did you guys realize comedy was an option? I mean, because it's not. I, I'm I'm always interested to hear when someone's a little kid that they don't fall into the traditional like oh, I'm gonna. Just get a regular job. Like, comedy is such a weird thing to pursue that I I don't think it's... And when people say, why do you do comedy? I was like, well, I don't know if it was really a choice. Yeah, I was going to say option. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More like method of survival. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think for for me, I I was kind of a loner weirdo, got teased a bunch, and then my eighth-grade drama teacher just decided to put me in a play. And it wasn't necessarily asking me. (laughs) It's just like, I think this would be good for you. 
And it, it, <laughs> it really was. It, like, changed everything. I got involved in, like, school theater, community theater, and, like, within a year, like, all the kids that were making fun of me were now my friends. Oh, really? And well, I didn't care at that point. I was like, oh, thank you. What what were they what would they make fun of you about? Oh, I don't know. I was pretty I was a pretty sensitive kid, so easy to rile up. I mean you could you could call me uh, <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> uh you're among friends, you know that, it's right? Fine. No, these yeah. people these are your friends. No, it's stupid now, but like even just saying like uh, a Thomas middle bitch would like really get me pissed off and I'd be crying and they'd be th- You're th- saying this to the guy whose last name is Hardwick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I completely understand. Yeah, what could they do with that? <clears throat> uh, uh, Chris Hard... Hard dick? That sounds... Oh dope. my God, I never thought of that before. That's a, that's a boner, that's man. That's crazy. Awesome. <laughs> you're like saying you're potent. Yeah, you're walking by air. You're yeah, yeah. I wish I had responded in sixth grade with, you're just jealous because I'm potent. <laughs> <laughs> it's just any kind of taunting. Kids are so I know. fucking mean. They're I know. So, kids are so mean and... You know, comedy is just that perfect armor, and but not everyone, not everyone has it. Yeah, and it's hard to tap into it because I think plenty of weirdos just like still just kind of remain <laughs> weird and don't necessarily go into comedy. Like it's it takes a bit of cultivation and I think a bit of maybe some guidance. So uh, I, hats off to uh, a school system that had an arts program because <laughs> yeah. I think it like totally saved me. What about you, Zach? When did you discover it was an option? Uh, when I was in high school, I, my brother went to college in New York and he he'd gone to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and he told me about it. So I started taking classes there. But I, before that, it had never occurred to me as an option. I was just like a weird little kid. You were dead set on being a barrister. Yeah, I was going to be. <laughs> oh, interesting. I had a lot of contempt for Brit- uh, for American lawyers. But so you British wanted to go into British law, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was going to mostly be maritime stuff, especially. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, specialized. They always yeah, say yeah. specialized. He had the little wig picked out. Sure. It was yeah, cute. the robes, the wig, and the robes. Yeah. Yeah. I would powder it every day. <laughs> One you're, day you'll work, be mine. <laughs> <laughs> working on this noise lock. <laughs> 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 So I did. I wanted to be a musician for a while. I thought I was going to be a jazz musician. But when I was little, I never even. I was. Yeah, it was sort of similar. As a strange, a strange boy, I would. Uh, <laughs> I watched. I remember watching and rewatching and rewatching Linda Ronstadt and Kevin Klein and the Pirates of Penzance. Sure. It was a musical. Um, I had a brief flirtation with karate. I Explain. had it with Taekwondo. Yeah, me really? too with Taekwondo. Uh, did you guys stick with it? Because I feel like I got I got real excited when my parents got, got the gi and the belt, and I went like two times. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of work. Well, I had a bad. I, I took karate at the Jewish Community Center. Which, sure, we're, we're all you? great karate masters. <laughs> <laughs> wax on, yeah, wax yeah. off, whatever, wax on, whatever, whatever you, you want. want. Relax. Yeah, come on. Uh, it was, uh, and I had this sensei who was this like very kind um, lesbian woman. I forget what her name was. She, she was like very strong and very kind eyes. And uh, I was not a good karate person. And, uh, as they are technically known. Yeah, as they're technically yeah. known. And I remember peeing in my gi at karate class. <laughs> not only could I not defend myself against other attackers, I couldn't defend myself against my own bladder and, that, and I feel like that's a good defensive tactic, though. If someone attacks yeah, you, just piss right. your pants. And they'll, leave, they'll absolutely right. leave you alone. That might have been one of the lessons that you forgot and just went right to it. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, did you, why did you pee your gi? 
Uh, as an act of aggression against the rest of the oh, class. That's no, right. I'm good, yeah. I mean, you're just unbreaking eye contact with like, everyone in the class. Like, <laughs> while it's happening. And, and it, wasn't, it wasn't something that you got chastised for. Everyone's like, Zach! <laughs> Fill it that's up! my God! Uh, yeah. Someone's I, a yellow belt! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I had a vitamin deficiency, so it was still white belt. Still white belt, okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'd asked the sensei, I was like, can I go to the bathroom? And she was like in the middle of describing self-defense technique and she got lost. She was like, yeah, yeah, in a second. Then she got kept describing roundhouses or whatever and I forgot, she forgot about me and I was too frightened to like remind her that I was a, a human with, a, <laughs> with a, you know, needs. And uh, and so then I was just like, well, I guess the only re- available option left is to just piss on the oh. floor of the Jewish Community Center. Oh wow! And were you invited back at that point, or was uh, it? I think it was a. I think it was a soft dismissal. Just <laughs> let me go. I had to submit my resignation. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> just sign your name and pee yes. on the wall. <laughs> Thank you for that pantomime, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I yeah, wanted yeah. to. I was Our trying to be generous. Yeah, exactly. Was generous. Yeah. And a lot thinner at the base than it was at the. <laughs> yeah, I have a. There was a. Con- there was a. Yeah. yeah, it goes out. It goes out. It's, sort it's of like, like a trumpet. Yeah, yeah. it's like a, it's yeah. like a trumpet, or it's a just tulip. like it's like sound dispersal. It just goes out. <laughs> in probably, a probably was drawn by why you learned the trumpet. Yeah, I was because like, I you were like, this, this looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and, and I, not that I've been spying on you, but yes. I just wanted to make sure that it was anatomically correct if I was going to. That's gonna, right, yes. Whereas middle ditch, it would be more of a... Yeah, it's a coil. It's, it's a, a coil shape. Coil. Yeah, yeah, It's an exactly. electric motor. Uh, I got to yellow belt in taekwondo, and this is after, like, doing all the forms, and, like, I, you'd kick these pads and my feet would hurt. I would just, I was such a weakling, and I got to yellow belt, and I saw everybody had, like, fighting gear on, sparring gear, and I was like, wait, wait, what's, what's going on here? And they're like, congrats, man, you yellow belt. You get to spar now. And I was like, nope. <laughs> and I turned around and walked that was out. It. That was the last time I did Are you not day. inspired uh, at all by Karate like, Kid? Are you telling me there's actual fighting involved? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was in it for the fashion only. <laughs> I, made, I made a similar... <laughs> I was in it for the fashion. <laughs> yeah. I just like those nice, clean, white clothes. And the belts, I love colored belts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you do it? I, did, I, I got to the same point. I probably fought twice and got my ass kicked. And then I was like, oh, this is too much for me. I can't handle the emotional yeah. distress that just going to class causes me. I yeah. thought it always, I, you know, the, the, the discipline that Karate Kid promised sounded really good. But then I realized discipline sucks. It's yeah. hard work. It's time consuming. Yeah. And yeah. it's incredibly painful at the same time. Yeah, so I and just... life isn't an 80s movie where if you just kind of believe hard enough, you can kind of <laughs> I get know. it. Where you, like, can, you, can be, you can believe muscles. You can train for three and a half weeks and beat people who've been doing karate their entire lives. <laughs> yeah. Who have something to prove. In high school, friends of mine had a fight club in a drainage ditch near one of their houses. And I would fight. Friends? Friends, yeah. Friends. <laughs> but I would, uh, are you skeptical? Is, is the skepticism about. F- no, just that your friend, that you would have a group of friends. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. You were a loser. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. You, you pissed your gi. Why would you, come on, what do you expect from these people? They would, I would fight, but I would only fight kids who were significantly smaller than me, and I could hit them in the face, but they could only hit my body. That's cool, you Because were, you always, cool, were, you, always tall, were cool. you always super tall? <laughs> Not, no, no, I don't mean physically. I mean, like, legally. I was like, you can't hit oh, me, gotcha, I can hit you. Oh, gotcha, because you're a two. Yeah. Well, you laid down the law. Yeah. 
barrister style. What was your What was your karate uh, experience? Terrible. I feel like we've heard enough about. I mean, I, I <laughs> I've got the same stories. It's just horror. I I hated it. This show's about karate, I, right? I this went, is all about karate. <laughs> yeah. talking karate with Chris Hardwick. I only went because my mom was like, take him for a while after school. <clears throat> she was like, just keep you. Can you guys hold on to him for me until I get off work? So I just like sat there and did karate until I was finally like, mom, I can't do this anymore. So t- yeah. the, the two times that you went? No, I went for two years, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I got whoa, up. Whoa, whoa. I got up because I, I definitely, I, I went into the middle of the ring and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. A few times. You announced? I had to really work myself up just to, like, <laughs> confront my mom about not doing it anymore. That's how bad it Can I have everyone's attention, please? <laughs> I do not want to do this anymore. Everyone here at the All-Valley Karate Tournament, <laughs> or wherever it is you guys were. But uh, Freaks and Geeks is one of those shows that, uh, that to this day, people still, I'm sure they, that, that must be one of the most asked things, before Silicon Valley, I'm sure that was probably one of the most asked things you, you got. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean? Well, Freaks and Geeks is a show that you were on that Judd Apatow produced. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I still don't fully understand the question, I don't think. (laughs) The question is... Would you like to get back into karate? <laughs> yes. At this point, because I think I'm ready. Star, we got your old instructor. Come on out. Oh, no. oh God, guys. I can't handle this. <laughs> Mercy I, is uh, for the week. My old instructor for Taekwondo was a, a, a woman called, uh, what was her first name? She was my French immersion instructor. Her was named Madame Guinette. And she was like, she was so Quebecois. Her accent, her accent was so insane. And she was also my, our French teacher. And she had a habit of like, Reaching down her like loose neck sweaters and just sort of like scratching her chest as so she'd be like, Les garçons là, and like we're just like, is no one addressing that she's scratching her tits right now? Was this a forest? Was this person a bear? Was this person actually a bear? No, I, no, no, she is a woman. So you said, Chris. <laughs> so you said, come you grew up in Montreal? No, in British Columbia, but uh, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to, trying. I'm trying. Where she was a transplant. Yeah, we needed fr- we needed French immersion teachers. The, the math isn't hard on this, guys. Uh, <laughs> you you want to get people who know French to teach kids French. So we had some Quebecois teachers over there. But she, she was her, also her, a karate instructor. Yeah, Taekwondo. And her brother was like the, a national champ for a while. So you know, wow. just chill, chill, dude. All y'all need to chill, man. Are you okay? Your it's body's contorting. Are you all right? It's just into a coma. It's smelling salts. You just have to wait it out. <laughs> But I do want to talk about Freaks and Geeks for a second because Freaks yeah, and Geeks right. is, is one of those... Sh- <laughs> it, it, Freaks and Geeks is one of those shows that sort of changed the way comedy was done on television. And there was, there was a real shift at that time uh, from going from, like, big, broad, three, four-camera sitcoms to, like, really solid, authentic, single-camera comedy storytelling. But you were, what, like, 16 when Freaks and Geeks started, right? Yeah. What do you remember about the experience? Just being a kid running around having a great time. But not the, like, what was what made it great was what Paul and Judd did behind the scenes. We just, I just enjoyed it. I don't remember thinking anything about the quality of it. I just loved the experience. And did you, was that, I know you've been working a lot since you were a kid. Was that your first time, like, on a series for an extended period? Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, what, what you're talking about, too, is, like, Roseanne felt like that much earlier like the because what freaks and geeks did i think that that i love so much and i still connect with 
and, and could at that point as well as how real it was. Like all those stories came from the writers. Right. There was nothing that was like forced or pushed. They sat in a room and they were like, what's the dumbest, craziest, weirdest shit that ever happened to every one of you? And they mashed that together and made every episode out of real experiences. And Roseanne feels like, I don't know. I just love Roseanne. I don't know why that popped in my head. But, <laughs> Every um, time we do press, anyway, <laughs> it's so hard. If it's not coming back, it should. <laughs> so they're rebooting everything. Roseanne. I think it actually is. To be honest with you, really, I, I would hope so. I think they are actually do. I, Brandon, can you check that in the booth legitimately? I think Roseanne Brandon. is actually coming back. You don't Hold have on. earpieces in. Uh, sorry? None of you are talking. <laughs> Pretty sure I, I did. None uh, of you have earpieces in. Can I get a little volume? I, yeah, yeah. You, you don't get, get any volume, volume because Brandon, there's no piece you. in your ear. Brandon, can I get a little You don't have one Brandon, of these. If I don't, if I don't have a piece, who's talking? Who's there? Why do you like your Brandon? It's Madame Gannett. If there's no piece, who keeps telling me I'm dirty? I'm dirty. It's Madame Gannett. It's Madame Gannett. You're dirty. You need to be clean. It's you. Thomas says sweep the leg. Sweep the leg, Thomas. Uh, I want to hear about your er, be, when you started doing improv in New York yeah. because I know you were pretty young. Yeah, uh, and y- your parents just let you go into the city by yourself yeah. as a child. Yeah, they would pay for my train tickets. It was probably a similar thing, like go, be away, yeah, get uh, out of here. Uh, but they, uh, yeah, I'd go up to New York and I'd be up there late at night, and they were cool with it because I was taking these improv classes. But they were probably also like, like their friends are like, don't you think you might get into? Drugs or something, and they're like, Zach? Yeah, not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> eh, he'll be fine, probably. Like, we hope. <laughs> Did, <laughs> he really <laughs> needs to loosen up. <laughs> Did anything <laughs> we've been slipping ecstasy in his back up? He hasn't noticed. We gave him MDMA from Monica, but no luck. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, but there, uh, mostly it was, you know, this was the time in New York where there's still some you sort of... you got to understand, this is the late this 90s. Guy. <laughs> this is the 1900s we're talking about so, here. Times were different. Yeah, Jeans were a lot wider. Of steam engines and, and uh, I... I uh, once in a while you'd run into like a uh, an off-color character, but on the whole it was it was pretty good. I did... A guy did once... A shoe a shoe fetishist once accosted me. <laughs> As as they not, do. Wait, yeah. not even the out the shoe, not the feet, not a foot fetish. I think but he was he, a shoe guy. He liked sexualizing shoes. I'm guessing he came up to me. This guy, I was in high school. I was walking down the street and it was winter. Mm. This guy came. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we just see like a conical shape yeah. form. And that's, <laughs> get to the shoe. Get to the shoe. <laughs> this guy was like really well dressed in this overcoat and very sort of put together. And he came up to me on the street and was like. I work for Converse. I've noticed your shoes are distressed in just such a way that would be perfect for our ad campaign. I'd like to buy them. Oh. And I was like, oh, c- can I see your card? And he was like, it's in my car. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, well, I need my shoes. It's winter and I have to walk to a place. And he was like, I'll give you $75 for your shoes. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I still need them. And he's like, I'll give you $100 for your shoes. And he got like more and more intense. And eventually I just walked away. And in retrospect, should have sold him the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> he needed them. For what? For the no. Converse ad. <laughs> yeah. For the ad. I saw that ad and I was like, they really uh, could have used me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you wearing Converse? Yeah, they were dirty, dirty, like Converse, like $10 Converse shoes. So I could have made a set. Oh, yeah, he was going to fuck those shoes. When, yeah, 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 yeah. He was going to have sex with your shoes. When did the, I don't want to give away the punchline, but the, what? Just the fashion advice from the guy in the car happened? <laughs> 
Remember? Oh, yeah. That, I <laughs> yeah, sure. I, was, I used to wear a fedora because I wanted to be a jazz musician, but sure. none of the other clothes that go with a fedora. So did, did, like, was there an instrument involved in this or just a fedora? A tr- he was a just trumpeteer. A, I played trumpet, but the gotcha. fedora He still was... plays, which if we could get him to take <laughs> yeah. out his two trumpets and play them. I'll do it. <laughs> but uh, I was walking down the street in New York. This is another New York thing. I was walking down the street in New York, and a guy in a car pulled up in an intersection, leaned over and rolled down the window and went, uh, lose the hat. And then drove away. <laughs> <laughs> and then, ah, it's what, it's what you want to say to anyone wearing a fedora. Yeah, yeah. Hey, lose the hat. Lose and the then hat. you immediately threw it in the trash, right? Yeah, I threw it straight in the trash. It was like, that, that, that sounds like from the social network when Sean Parker's like, lose the the on the Facebook. And it just changed. That just changed his life <laughs> yeah, after yeah. that. Yeah. Did you, did, you, uh, did you disavow the fedora at that point? Got rid of it completely, threw it in the trash, went home and... Peed McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Same one. Same one. Yeah, that's how he relaxes. But you, uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like when you were on the podcast, did you tell me that you did improv on a cruise ship? Uh, yeah. Because I've, 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 I've had this conversation before about, sometimes people think comedy is just a thing that you can just put anywhere. Like, yeah. oh, it's just comedy. You can just stick it anywhere and it works. Like, well, you kind of need some certain rules to set it up so that the show works well. How did you get involved in improv cruise ship comedy? Well, uh, it's through Second City. So Second City, you know, based out of Chicago and many other places, they have a deal with Norwegian Cruise Lines so that they can be one of the acts on some of their bigger ships. So that if you take a Norwegian Cruise Lines show, you may see the dance crew, you may see a magician, and on Tuesday nights or whatever, you go to the theater and you see Second City. And you do... Archive sketches like old, you know, famous Second City sketches like, you know, stuff that Steve Carell and all kinds of other people have done. And then on the off nights, you go up to this lounge and do like short form improv with like handheld mics and stuff. I need a like, suggestion from the audience. Yeah, who's, who's lines in anyway style? Like yeah. just playing these games and then that's it. And to be honest, none of this stuff was like, I mean, of my four months at sea, <laughs> the, the, the comedy elements are not the things that stick in my mind. It's like the endless hours of free time, the drinking, the, the weird, um, just the weird aspect of being in kind of like a floating luxury prison. Like yes. You can't leave, but at the same time, it's like, it's 8 p.m., I'll just go upstairs and have some crepes and just get someone to make them for me. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, at that time, you know, being 24, that was like pretty special, just all, all day crepes. And, well, I, uh, I hope you had the licenses for those, just in terms of maritime. Uh, yeah, you know he's going to be a maritime barrister. <laughs> nail you guys. You're, you're, you're not finally okay, but you never went through the process well, of becoming I have the a barrister. Of an actual I know, barrister, but so. not the accent or the anything. <laughs> but, what, what is Whoa. the sound? <laughs> but, what is the sound again? That I'm a maritime like a, barrister. Yeah, do it again. He did bark? it. I can't do it very well. No, anyway, but I didn't mean to derail your. No, no, not more at all. mouth queefy. I yeah. think. <laughs> that's what my that's what my family calls me. <laughs> there he is, old <laughs> mouth queefy. <laughs> it's Zach. Could you please just call me Zach? My name so is just Zach. thank your lucky stars for a hard dick as your nickname. <laughs> no, I yeah. guess I didn't yeah. get mouth, mouth queef. queef. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Well, there wasn't much else to yeah. say other than just like uh yeah it's just a very surreal life you're like your life gets put on pause because you just experienced this little this not little this boat 
and the crew members around it. Was it good? Were the shows good? Were the shows go well? Or they were fun. I mean, look for for me at the time, those were like two thousand seat theaters. Like it's they're huge. These boats are massive. So for me, it was kind of cool in that sense. you know, you're playing, you maybe doing a little bit of dated material, and some of the improv is wasn't the strongest. But I mean, it was a it was a good time in, in that respect. Uh, but just uh, trying to kill all the time in the day was another. I mean, you are when you're challenge. on a cruise ship and you look around in every direction and you see nothing but water, and you realize yeah. like, oh, we, this is, yeah. we are legitimately trapped. It was kind of interesting. Like, the, so we so for four months, so half the time we ported out of New York, and for the summer did like. The Bahamas, Bermuda, and we got a lot of like working class Jersey, Bronx, Queens. Like I saw my very first Guidos with the haircuts, <laughs> and you'd be anonymous, and then you'd do the show, and then you'd be walking around the ship and be like, "Oh, Second City, let me buy you a shot, this guy, yeah, this guy." <laughs> and it was, you know, that aspect was fun, but you know, like pretty debaucherous, like teens getting caught like fangering each other on the, on the <laughs> Whoa, dance wait. floor and stuff. It was Fanger- like, fangering? Fangering? That's fangering? how you pronounce it. Fangering. Uh, yeah, you, it, it, you know, kind of like, you know, you know uh, drunk, passed out people getting on board from like the private island sure. and like all red as a lobster because they've just been baked alive in the sun. <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then the t- crew switched to like a fall, like watch the leaves turn mm. cruise and it's like Boston, Bar Harbor, Newfoundland, Quebec mm. City, Everyone's like fifty plus. Um, everyone's in bed by nine. They literally started playing like the Andrews Sisters on the PA. Oh like, wow! Sounds nice. I loved it way more. <laughs> I was like, now this is a cruise. Uh, and so I don't know. It was just it was a bunch of bunch of weird experiences. And did you did you audition for SNL? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like the day, like two days after I got on the ship, after putting all this time in Chicago and assuming I was the greatest, uh, that we got word that, like, SNL was coming to Chicago to, like, test people to maybe, well, to have a showcase to maybe bring them out. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm on the boat right now. And uh, I made a big tra-la and then actually, like, got off on Bermuda, flew to Chicago, did the showcase, flew to New York, met up with the cruise ship, and eventually got a, a test out of it. And even when I tested, I was still working on the cruise ship. So, uh, again, flew from some island, went to New York, had a couple days, tested, and then walked back onto the cruise ship being like, okay, i got to finish this up to see if I... What was uh, your SNL audition? Aces. <laughs> uh, I can't remember all, what I did. I did. Uh, what are my impressions? I did. Uh, who's uh, the lead singer? Cold. Tony Danza. Oh, Chris Martin. Chris, I could Chris Martin just because I get told I look like him. I did Seth Meyers because I get told I look like him. Hmm. And then I did my impression of Kira Cedric's the the closer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that show? Oh my god! Classic. I just, I just did an impression of the show. TNT. Of being, yeah, of just being like. It was something dumb like this, 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 this you think you're going to solve this crime you're just a you're just a woman and then just being like oh what's under here oh the clue to the crime oops i solved it and like it was <laughs> soda <laughs> uh, uh, and i mean it, it, it actually you know they go in when you do when you test they go in like you know it's not going to go well i mean they just prep you like don't right. be alarmed if no one laughs and i mean like i walked out there being like they loved it and you know for for a second i thought it was going to happen but but You're probably like the only person who went from an SNL audition back to something that felt more surreal than the SNL. Like to go <laughs> yeah. to a ship in the middle of the ocean is like the like most people. That's probably the apex of the surreality of their life at that time. Yeah, but I've heard that SNL audition can be really strange because you 
you know, it's like people prepare these characters. It's like, you know, they get super, super, super A-list material that they've worked on for their entire comedy careers. And they're probably used to having them kill. Right. And they go into a room with just a couple people who are just staring analytically at what they're doing. And and it can really throw people off if they're not riding the kind of the wave of the the energy and the laughter. You got to get the thing I, I sort of figured is like you only you get such a short amount of time and you can't really let like a bit develop. So part of like part of your impression or your character or something also has to be like as if it were a premise heavy joke. Mm-hmm. So if you're only doing like 30 seconds per thing, it's like what is the, <laughs> what is the weirdest thing that I can do? I mean some as as I said, like I wasn't necessarily doing an impression of Kira Cedric, just the show, and it wasn't even an accurate one, but as long as it was funny, I figured it would be okay. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm, like, an expert on, like, oh, testing yeah. for SNL. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many times anyone have you tested now? Like, like, once, but, like... Um, <laughs> okay, okay. If anyone wants any tips, I do a workshop. <laughs> I want to talk to Martin a little bit about... Um, uh, we, we, we dug up your uh, McDonald's commercial from when you were a, a tiny, tiny child. Um, it's my fault. I told you about it. <laughs> Take full responsibility here. You're not to blame. Okay, good. Good, because we're going to show it really fast. And then... Uh, do you want me to set it up? Well, do you want, will you please set it up? Yeah, yeah. gladly. Okay. So, the, I think you guys can only show the last little bit of it. So yeah. I'll set it up. The, uh, the whole commercial is like this girl who's like, I like this guy. He goes to McDonald's all the time. We hang out at McDonald's. It was great. And then cut to me sitting on her bed, and it's my sister, and I'm reading her diary. And, it's, and I say something like, do you have the bit where, where I actually say his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, then but- I'll just let you hear that. And then at the end of it, there's an accident that happens that really happened, and they left it in the commercial because they were like, oh, this is going to kill. Let's just leave this in. This is funny. But I actually get hurt. So you'll, you'll hear me getting hurt. As like a as a yes. child. Did you run into something? What happened? I fell off the bed and hit a light that was behind the bed. <laughs> and it was like it was like a studio light, like this big, just yeah. like wrought iron, just like massive and thing. And yeah. I was, you know, I was all of like two and a half feet tall. And so I'm like, I jump up on the bed to run away from her, uh, doing some improv. It was just a little improvisation. Improv. I ran away from her because she's my sister and she's mad at me. Anyway, you're gonna love it. All right, so so listen, so so I guess whatever sort of injury you hear at the end is 100 percent true. Let's Legit. Take a look. Brian Sweeney told me meet that guy? David! You're dead. They like cut it. They like cut it so that that came later. Like I fell off the bed, hit the light, and then went, ah! And and they were just like, we don't have time for all that, so let's just put that at the very end. Sound effect in there. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mean, still here, right? <laughs> well, I know it didn't kill you, no, unless you're a ghost. Uh, yeah. He's a serial killer now. You, you went full. Uh, that's that's when my life changed and yeah. I started killing people. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happened to Brian Sweeney? That guy. I bet Brian Sweeney was probably. Brian Sweeney's running up to people in New York and asking if he can buy their shoes. I, I would imagine. Yeah, that's yeah, probably what happened to that kid. Or giving him fashion advice. <laughs> Lose the hat. I'm Brian Sweeney. <laughs> Remember? From the McDonald's commercial. <laughs> did, you do a, did you work a ton commercially as a kid? I did a few. That was the... I remember I did, like, an industrial where I had to say, uh, I created a website for lactose-intolerant mountain bikers. 
And the guy who was directing it was, he was just like trying different things and I wasn't picking up on it because I was like so unfamiliar with like the inner workings of a set. I was used to like just improvising in small groups in class. Um, and I love that. And then this guy was like, so, uh, what did you do? I was like, built a website for lactose intolerant mountain bikers. Like, I didn't understand what was going on. He wasn't like, action, or say it again. Like, I understand simple <laughs> phrases like that. But he was like talking to me like a human, and I was like, I don't understand. Are we shooting this, or am yeah. I just supposed to say my line? <laughs> and so, like, I br- I, he like got upset with me. I remember him being like frustrated. He's like, this kid doesn't fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole process is so. Uh, to even get on any to get on anything is is uh, ridiculous. Are, are you guys are any is anyone actors in the audience? Yeah. No, a couple of you. The, the audition oh, it was like four of you. The audi- I'm actually surprised the number's so low here in Los Angeles. Uh, okay, five. Thank you for taking it up a notch. But but just the idea that I mean that's a whole separate skill set. The audition process is an entirely separate. Mm-hmm. So do you find that you do on a project what you would do in the audition, or is it it just feels so artificial to me? I. I remember commercial auditions being like the most depressing. They're, I, I yeah, th- yeah. they're they're real, they're real tough. I went I, one was I, I um, there's one I had to do where you had to, it was because they're in the morning a lot of the time. Like it was in New York, it was in the morning. Late casting director, late sleeper. Seeing, <laughs> real late they're, see, they're also seeing like 200 people. And yeah, they're just like, and most of them are like. Like Hollywood Boulevard guys, like the Superman and stuff. So the, the, I mean, like to, I mean to say, a bit off, a bit off. Sure. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that gig. Oh God, I'm gonna get the Superman union on me. But, uh, <laughs> you know who you are. You're all fucking weird, dude. There's no way around. Well, you are really doubling down right now. Yeah. No, what are they watching this? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're out being Superman. They're out being Superman. Stopping fake crimes in Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, for yeah. for photo money. <laughs> Um, I, oh, I hope that you get in a long-standing feud with the Hollywood. <laughs> 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 I just want it. Middle Ditch slams <laughs> Superman. Superman out. Superman outraged <laughs> at Thomas Middle Ditch. The, the Batman chime in too, as long as as well as the Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't approve of this at all. I don't. Yeah, all um, the minions are like. Me people or whatever fuck they say. You are going after everyone. Is anyone? Hollywood's a joke, man. What? (laughs) Don't you say that? Uh, I I did one where I had to. I showed up and they were like, "Take your shirt off," and I was like, "Okay." And they they were like, "Now, great. Now put on this Rastafarian wig." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "All right." So it's like in the morning and I'm wearing this Rastafarian wig. And I have this thing in my chest called a pectus, which is like an indentation. So immediately, like, I took off my shirt and I saw the casting director just go like. <laughs> and I knew I wasn't going to get the part, but they were like, you know what? Unfortunately, there's not enough guys here. Would you mind hanging out for like about 45 minutes and we'll just audition women with you? And so I just stood, <laughs> stood, Thomas. I was shirtless in a Rasta wig. Just- women would come in and I'd have to feed them candy. <laughs> After another, this is the emotional equivalent of peeing in your gear. Yes, yes. This was someone else peeing on my gear (laughs) while you were while you were in it. But it is, you know, it's it's, a great. That that uh, I I feel like it's important to go through those moments just to see, like, you know, because that that is that is 100% dues paying. That's 100% dues paying. But you are, but they really legitimately. Just treat you like garbage yeah, in yeah. commercial auditions. Well, it's, it's, I, I look at it, it's got to be hard at, at, at one point, and for probably a while, because you think about like what the end result is. It's like, 
just like you get to do what you love. Yeah. People people say, hey, I like you, and then you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's too good of a gig for it not to be hard on the way up. So, I mean, obviously it happens occasionally with, you know, you're, you sort of fall into it. But I feel like usually that for that it gets harder on the way out, too. So, I mean, there's got to be a challenge to... Uh, you know, sitting up here on talking with Chris Hardworking. But is it is 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 the the success of Silicon Valley? Is that are you comfortable with it? I expect it. <laughs> <laughs> he takes full credit. Yeah, <laughs> doy. Uh, comfortable with it? I, I, I don't know. You kind of you definitely you definitely adjust. I think when it first started happening, it was like, okay, this is more than like the odd person being like, I saw your show last night at UCB. Like it's just it's more than that. Um, but I don't know. It's certainly it's certainly a weird, it's certainly a luxury that you have to get used to because I mean, so much stuff happens. Like I mean, I came here in a in a in a car that had a driver in it. You yeah, know? it's like well, a lot of people can. There's Uber now. You know that, right? Nah. Lyft. I mean, that's not this driver. This driver was special. <laughs> okay. He made an explicit point to tell me it wasn't Uber. <laughs> uh, I just I, I think you know when when people are sort of born into being at some type of comedy entity it's like what we sort of like what we talked about before that it's maybe you were bullied or maybe it was a defensive thing or maybe you just didn't feel comfortable around other people and so i'm always curious to find out when people start getting success when they're sort of used to being the underdog is it weird does it feel weird and is it you know because i'm sure you we don't i'm sure you probably and i collectively know a ton of people who are who got weird who got weird or who get self-destructive or who aren't comfortable with it it's I look at it as it's going to affect you no matter what. Right. It depends on how susceptible you are, what your inner workings are, but it, there's no way for it not to affect you in any way. I think. It's going to, it's going to get you. There's something about it, though, that's like, given what you're saying, because like, we genuinely like each other, and shooting the show is like... It, it, it was funny when you were talking about the reason Freaks and Geeks was fun as you just remember running around and being a kid and, and not feeling particularly apprehensive about the quality of yeah. the show. And we had fun shooting it too. I mean, the, the yeah. same way that, that we do. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I, obviously we care about the quality of the show, but I suspect looking back on the show whenever it's over, it'll be like a similar sort of sentiment. Like the ex, just the experience is so... Um, rich. Yeah, it's rich. Yeah, that's a, it sounds obnoxious, but, but uh, not, not you... Thanks. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, cool. Wow. You know what? I think I'm going to get out we of here. We genuinely like each other. We gen- no, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. We did, but uh, no, you messed no, that no. up. I felt self-conscious because I just like it, it articulated a, a vulnerable feeling. <laughs> so I, I wasn't. You felt like you said. peed your gi and everyone's looking That's at what it. Yeah, exactly. I think Rich is. A, We're just, live. <laughs> I'll tell oh, them boy. about my feelings. Uh, but anyway, uh, that it's a small like whatever minor strangeness exists around on the periphery of that experience when you're on a show that works if it's like it's such a small uh, I, I guess I just think it's like I don't really understand it if if people hate it like sometimes people will be on a show that's like a great show and then they're like um, almost mad or resentful yeah or like a flip into Belmont yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah I, I think it's important to remember that it's you kind of went to Vegas and you rolled sixes or whatever yeah, right. craps term is yep. and uh, you're like whoa okay okay and to not take that for granted and to also not take that and be like I'm gonna buy this place or whatever <laughs> is super important to ride <laughs> that funny. middle line of like of accepting and also being aware of it I think I think is super important I mean I uh, it's it's a very fortunate uh, 
thing that's happened, and it's probably a, a, a weird stock market graph that with highs and lows yeah. to follow. Um, but you know, why not just at least give yourself a pat on the back for now? Otherwise, you'll die. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> what about for you, Martin? I mean. All that's accurate. I think you have to go through hard times to appreciate this. And I've been on a few shows that um, didn't find success the way that they perhaps deserved or it seemed like could have happened in the right scheme of things. And this is getting the support from HBO and from critics and, like, fans. all of that and fans. I mean, it's really, like, reaching. It's, it's hitting the mark on what we're trying to do and people are appreciating it. And all of those things are kind of independently working together to create the success that we're now able to see and, and fortunate enough to be a part of. So it's ve- I find it very unique because I've been through the failure of, of something great dwindling away because it didn't have all the right necessary components. Yeah. So it's, it's different. Like, I mean, we've all struggled in our own way. I, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I definitely got picked on, but I wasn't on a, wasn't on a cruise ship. Uh, <laughs> all right. Doing Is that your low, no, no, no. lowest part? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I never uh, got that bad. I wasn't on a cruise ship with old men and women just wiggling their dangly bits about. <laughs> Is it, was that the theme of the cruise? Yeah. Wiggling dangly bits? It was like an, it was an elder's Were, swinging. <laughs> Were any of them nude, uh, nude, nudist cruises? That would have been, I would have never left if that was. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys most excited about for season four? For, uh, for Silicon. Can we talk about the app? Are we allowed to talk about... I'm not sure. I don't There's know There's a cool what... app that happens yeah. that you should look forward to. It's very simple in its premise, but it is a glorious thing. <laughs> that's it's, it's that's a kind of all of I can say. This is really sucks. I don't, I don't know if I'm... No, that's a nice little tease. Now that yeah. people know there's something coming. How long yeah. ago did you guys shoot the season? We wrapped uh, end of February. Yeah. Okay, so you just yeah, had, oh, that's yeah. a fast turnaround. It's mm-hmm. really only like yeah. four months, and within there, there's like a month break. It's pretty chill. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then great. we get the rest of the year to you know just sit. <laughs> <laughs> just just sit around, go yeah. to go to Wee Spa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! I can't believe. Why did the audience get super behind Wee Spot? A couple people I don't have been. A couple people have been. Korea town in the house. It wasn't just excitement. There was kind of an evil laugh. Yeah, like, I get what you mean. Do you like, you like, you liked Wee Spot? It it's not. I went one time. <laughs> Immediately no. shut no, down. No, because you get recognized and someone would be like, hey, Chris, right? <laughs> hey, can I get a hey, those, those are your balls? Uh, Look at that. that. Those are your balls. Yeah, that's no, why I stopped it, going. Too, yeah. Way too much nudity. Like, way what? too that's much. That's why you go. I'm no, you. that's why you don't. I'm with you can't, you. If yeah, you can't I'm be not, nude in I front can't. of a bunch of old Asian guys, I, I don't know when you can. <laughs> it, but it wasn't just old people. It was like there were. It was every age oh, demographic yeah. just running around being way too comfortable. And, and I don't know what it is about old people in particular, but they. But they'll just get right up and put a leg up and go, so, what do you yeah, do? Yeah. What, what do you like to do? do you, uh... just, just make sure you keep it So here. you're on that show. Hey, he's on the show. All right, all right. hey, man. Try he's to keep on the show. Keep Tell me phone. about that. Uh, do we get a picture? Right, Can right. we get a oh, selfie? No, we don't do selfies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just, it's so, it just feels so invasive. 
I, uh, I remember it like it was so it was so um, impressive that I remember it. I remember sitting in the old steam room, and, or I was on the way out of it, and I saw two guys enter, and they I don't know they probably should have been on that show Vikings because they were like <laughs> six foot five Norse gods, cut as hell, and like literally the Liberty Bell. <laughs> It's just like, uh, what am I doing? Can I get a desk attendant? Meanwhile, they're like chiming in noon at London. So it's like, it's so, uh, they all, they come in all shapes and sizes, my point. I am not, some of them are conical. But I can't, but that I, but that idea of like super comfortable nudity is just never, and I try to get around. I go, okay, you're born naked. You, it's natural. Everyone, you were not born naked. No, I was born wearing a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have people from the audience come up and ask their questions. We're going to give away prizes. Plus, we're going to hear from you on social media. Remember, if you want to be a part of the show, we're at Talking on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find exclusive updates about upcoming shows. Ask any questions you have for our guests uh, because we absolutely want you to be involved and be a part of the conversation. Uh, more with Martin, Zach, and Thomas right after this. Welcome back to talking with Chris Hart. My guests are Martin Starr, Zach Woods, and Thomas Middleditch, the stars of Silicon Valley. Um, we have... Uh, people love your show. I mean, it's like people... It, every once in a while, a show will come along where people get rabid about it. I mean, are, do you get uh, assaulted Ooh. in public in, from, with adoration? <laughs> Not assaults, but, uh, yeah, people will come up and say, hey, and they like the show and whatnot. Uh, some, it's, it's, it's kind of fun because it's about like an 80-20 split of, like... Hey, I love the show. To hey, I uh, I can't watch the show because it reminds me of my life too much and it's like <laughs> way too stressful and all that kind of stuff. I kind of like those more. <laughs> yeah, because we because we just from from uh, stuff around the just from getting stuff from the internet. Uh, M. Turner Films says the writing on the show continues upward episode episode after episode. Thank you, Mike Judge, for a beautiful creation. Uh, uh, TKD on Twitter says as someone who currently works in tech. I'm ecstatic to write a mock episode for my writing for electronic media course. Karen Travers on Twitter says, The scene where Richard unknowingly vents to a tech reporter is excruciating. My stomach hurt. I wanted to hug him. And then Audio Burrow on Twitter says, I just want someone to look at me the way Jared looks at Richard. Uh, and then it got wildly inappropriate. It got wildly inappropriate. Uh, Julia Bird on Twitter, I love Silicon, I love at Silicon Valley HBO, but sometimes I'm so distracted by Martin Starr being hot and smoldering in the background. Oh. It's a good problem. Yeah, look at that smolder. Boiling that water. We've, we've recently discovered that there's a lot of ero- fan fiction erotica. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And there's art, a ton of there's slides. erotic art. There's, oh, perfect. There's art, prose, all of it. Uh, well, especially after the season one finale, uh, that's... That, we didn't actually have the, uh, the the piece to put in the background there. Uh, it's it's reminiscent. Be, but but just without the, dicks. Without the dicks. Without the dicks, it's very reminiscent. They had a Stanford math professor go over the yeah. math of that. Are and you serious? Yeah, it's real. real math. It's yeah. real math. You know? Do you are you familiar with what we're talking? They, they essentially don't have a presentation, so they just start talking about how they would efficiently jerk off everyone in the audience. And then it, it ultimately it, solves the problem. Yeah, they get sidetracked in this math equation, and then the math equation. Yeah, ends up, if you haven't seen it, oops. Which is something, yeah, it's season four is coming up. Fuck you for not catching up. Uh, what are you doing here? What are you doing with your lives? What are you, Superman? Uh, but, it, but just that, I, I can imagine that uh, multiple engineers have probably come up and said, that's exactly the kind of stuff we do instead of working. Sure, yeah. A lot of the time it's like that, you know, 
they'll quote some scene like the, the that lady quoted about the spilling the beans to the reporter. They'll yeah. quote something and be like, that happened to me. That, that verbatim happened to me. Because, you know, our guys, uh, the writing team goes to the Bay Area and, like, mines for stories. So it may have actually been the exact same story. Who knows? But it is that, there's the one thing that, particularly, you are the, a guy who wants to do the right thing, but also still tries to seem like he's suppressing the desires for, yeah. you know... To, to scale up and do bigger and yeah. do better and do great things. But, but he, also, he self-sabotages. Like, Richard, uh, I think he's, he's got pride, which will get, will, which gets him at, at times. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he also is obsessed. He's obsessed with efficiency, and when he sees things that aren't efficient, he rouses himself up because he's, yeah. He's a tightly wound man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think drives Jared? It just seems like... Like order and goodness and <laughs> and rightness and support. I think just like fierce mother's love basically <laughs> is like at the core of all that. I think he just like feels like I, I always think of the show as like a family where like um TJ uh, Ehrlich is kinda like the the boisterous father and Kumail Dinesh is probably like the little boy and Gilfoyle's like the cat, the like watchful <laughs> <laughs> the satanic cat. Yeah, and 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 uh, Richard's like the favored son, and then Jared's like the like doting mom. But why did why did he imprint on Richard so much? <laughs> and the way I always think about it, it's like Pinocchio, where like he was Gavin's puppet uh, at Hooli, and then like the blue fairy showed up and was like, "You can be a real boy." <laughs> and then- <laughs> And then he was like, and he was like, I, in my head, like his life sort of began with Pied Piper, like it's like a BCAD thing. Yeah. Although I guess that's about death, but uh, just a demarcating line. Sure, sure. Yeah. And uh, did, did you actually? Uh, I, did you do a lot of backstory on Satanism? And did you study a lot of Satanism? I read a little bit of the Satanic Bible because Gilfoyle's a Satanist. Uh, Spoiler in- alert. <laughs> It's interesting. It's not as like I, I didn't think it was bad. <laughs> it's like, like, Satan's pretty cool, man. Yeah, he's chill. Explains the red T-shirt you yeah, got yeah. sporting today. You guys should get on board. Hey guys, hey guys, it's a hey, it's Sunday. It's a casual Satan day. Coming uh, in red T-shirts. There, there was some very inappropriate, delightfully inappropriate. Uh, <clears throat> Such yeah. as Go classical sax on Twitter says, "Can we start replacing Tom Hiddleston with Thomas Middleditch? I would rather see his sexy face." Not so inappropriate, but heading in the right direction. Uh, Ehrlich Blockman uh, on Twitter said, "The way they spelled it, Blockman uh, is Zach Woods DTF." <laughs> I mean, not not categorically. Okay, <laughs> not in every situation, but not yeah. Sometimes who and is it? Blackman? Uh, Ehrlich, <laughs> Ehrlich, who is this? Ehrlich Blackman, B-L-A-Z. And then uh, Shim Changeman on Twitter says, why are my titties not in Zach Wood's mouth right now? Wow. <laughs> I will say, yeah. I will there say, there is, a, there is a rabid online, like, sexual hunger for Zach Wood. <laughs> really? I mean, I get it. I, I do. But, like, he's not on social media anywhere. Anytime I put a picture on Instagram and he's in it, it's, like, the most likes I ever get. A lot of the comments, a lot of them are like, this guy fucks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, get, I remember a line. I remember a line from the show. Uh, but also, I mean, you know, women, women be after it. Yeah. What? Well, this is the happiest day of my life. 
<laughs> is there enough of Zach Wood's conical penis to oh, go around? Of course, that's the good thing about a cone. It just goes out and out and out. <laughs> we have a lovely audience member who's going to ask a question now. You can stand up and ask, hey, what is your name, sir? My name is Jansen. Hey, I'm Jansen. from Burbank. Hi. And uh, I was wondering if any of you have ever been fired from a job, and if so, what were the circumstances? Ooh. Yeah, you mean like an acting job, or you mean like uh, anything? Yeah, any old job. I, go I'm ahead. Okay. All right. I'll start it off. I've only really had one other job. I was a barista for one day, <laughs> and they didn't call me back. So, <laughs> you could call that being fired. I made two dollars. <laughs> what, what, what drinks did you make? I was really basic stuff. Basic stuff, man. I, it was one day. It was my training day, <laughs> and it didn't go so well. Um, I thought I was learning pretty quick, uh, but I wasn't. Turns out <laughs> I wasn't. Zach? I, I briefly sold haircuts on the street in New York. <laughs> What? I, yeah, it was a horrible job. How do you sell haircuts? Yeah, how on do the you street? sell them? You're dressed plain clothes, and uh, someone, like when people go past, you go, uh, uh, Can I ask you about your hair? And then if they're foolish or kind enough to stop, then you try to sell them the stupid haircut at a different location. And it was a horrible job. There was, there was this one guy who worked there who was like so nice, and he'd talk to people and he'd be like, You know, you just need to take a little time for self care, and, and, and you deserve it. And then once I saw a woman go, like, oh, I'm actually not interested. And he, like, he wolf-manned into a different person. He was like, you deserve it. Look, let's take care of those cuticles, too. And she was like, I'm not interested. And then he went, I'm just trying to make you look good, you bitch. <laughs> and, and she turned around. She was like, she, was, she, went, she went, what? Because she was, like, astonished. And he went, what? Like that, like like barked at her, but she bought the haircut. <laughs> you can't argue. She with, did it. She uh, did. See, but and so after that, and then they stationed just outside a hospital, selling haircuts outside a hospital where my grandmother had been. And I was like, um, I didn't get fired, but I was like, not selling haircuts outside no, the hospital no, no, with a sex predator. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you need a haircut? You want to give me a haircut? I'll buy your shoes. You know what? I, I feel like I'm gonna. I feel like I have something good for you, and this is. Uh, <clears throat> This is a very special uh, Pied Piper. You're That signs. You can play it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, quick. Yeah. Here's a video message someone sent in. Take a look. <laughs> hey, guys. Russ here from Seattle, Washington. Question for you. What is the most annoying thing a cast member does, either on or off set? Thanks. Hmm. All right. I guess he wants to start shit between you guys. <laughs> most annoying? That was a message from Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> was it one of the guys that walked yeah, into the sun? Rare. <laughs> 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 Shots fired. Yeah, shouts. Um... <laughs> Oh, annoying things. That's a contentious, that's a front-loaded contentious question. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, if I don't, if I go to craft services and I don't, if there's not a cheese string there, I get pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm glad the job's not going to your head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we, get a Perrier, I go nuts. We were sort of collectively annoying for a while where we got, do you know what a credit card is? I mean, like the... Oh, gest- when, you go, when you go credit or debit along someone's butt crack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, when do you, you debit? 
you go yeah. credit or debit. Well, we start doing it. But let's talk about how it started. Yeah, how did it start? I started crediting people. Yeah, you started crediting. No, some somebody grabbed somebody's. No, that was after. That was after. Uh, so we developed I, a whole system. So it was like credit or debit, and then you do cash back rebate, which but was. <laughs> oh, I, well, gotcha. A reach well, under? I know, I know what it, it really picked up when, when the word cash came into play. <laughs> oh, that's right. And somebody was standing at a. This, this is my annoying bit. Is everybody claims that all the bits happen are like everybody's? I brought this to the. I brought this to the. <laughs> okay, you will so, get credit you, for the credit card. Thank bit. you and cash. <laughs> you're the Ben Franklin, the Nikola Tesla of, <laughs> of, of creditor of, of grabbing no people. Yeah, you're the Nikola Nikola Tesla of but, grabbing people. But you accidentally grabbed Kumail's schnitzel on purpose. Okay, so and you said it, cash. What is the? Because you yeah. know it's a it's an elementary thing to go cre- creditor debit. It's something stupid that kids do. I mean right. that's that's how I know. Yes. And then so you, this is our and, bit, our collective bit. Go ahead, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in, or, in order to like, and it's pretty assaultive, right? You know, someone like gets your their hand in your crack. I mean, it's, it's like You're literally fun. going into yes. the crack. I mean, that's really how you get them. Have you like, never been credit or debit? It's like Jesus. <laughs> and so, and so, in my in my mind, in order to like counteract being like assaulted like that, instead of being defensive, you one up it. You go like immediately go cash. You know? <laughs> So if someone does that, it's like, ah, oh, and then you win. Then you win. Gotcha, then yeah. you have the what power. Are you winning, oh, wait a second. Really? Wasn't this, yes. did you make this Bitcoin? No, no. Went, Amanda oh, yeah. got involved. Oh, that's right. And Amanda. so now it's weird because, like, there's a girl, like, what What can we, we, we can't, can't, we we can't cash her. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, then that I will say that was group escalating it to Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is, I guess, grabbing nipples. We didn't Bitcoin hurry. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's, I'm glad to hear that. She was, uh. But she was very aggressive about yeah. Yeah. cash because she was from behind a duck blind like there's no yeah. you can't get her back so she but was I, very she was more of a credit carder yeah she's more credit <laughs> she, she'd snipe you Does essentially we're card. grown humans <laughs> yeah grabbing each other's butts and penises but i think that's what people want to i i know that legitimately people want to know you know why because because when you have a show where everyone gets along and the, and the whole cast is screwing around and they're they're it, like they're legitimately friends. It really yeah. does affect the quality of the show. Like you can tell there's an there's just a an, an authenticity to it where it's like oh these people genuinely connect. And so I think that stuff really is weirdly important. Nine, time, nine times out of ten, I think it's a good a good thing. But then every so often, I just catch like someone on the crew just being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at their watch, like we're never gonna, I'm never gonna get home because these guys are literally grabbing. Do you guys go into like bit rabbit holes? Do they just never end? Uh-huh. To the point where the a, a assistant director has to be like, "Can we get you in another room, please?" You're <laughs> screaming right now. And then you have, and then you have the force of nature that is T.J. Miller, who yeah. is. What are you talking about? I'm talking about TJ's. TJ is like nonstop bits. Like there was a period of about a year where he was walking around to comedy shows with a bodyguard, and just being like, "This is my bodyguard," and not, but then not explaining it. And the, uh, just he just had a bodyguard. Our first season, our first season. This is my favorite TJ. But he showed up to the premiere and to all the press stuff with a grill, like a gold grill. And when people would ask him about it, he'd go, "Oh, it's corrective." <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> we have another time, time for another audience question. Stand up. Hello, what is your name? Hi, I'm Patty from hi, Minnesota. Patty. Nice to meet hi, you, Patty hi. from Minnesota. Welcome. What is your, what is your question? Um, my question is, do you guys hang outside of work? Do you hang outside? And what do you do? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yes, we do. Yeah. And a whole variety of things. I mean, it's... <laughs> 
It's a lot going on here. We've danced together. We've danced together. Uh, we drink the b- alcohols. <laughs> yeah. I've been. I, we party. I, I, I have we witnessed party. this. <laughs> Occasionally, uh, Kumail and his wife Emily will have pool parties, and everyone hangs out and yeah. swims the swimming yeah, parties. Most, we do. We do actually genuinely make an effort to hang to hang out together, especially uh, well. We should probably we're, we're we're due for a good old hang. Yeah. We're doing dinner on that's Friday. Say. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's right. <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, so, <laughs> we're having dinner at Martin's so, house tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's usually, what do we do? It's usually just, like, try and make each other laugh. Uh, occasionally there will be an activity, but uh, we're quite content to just sit around a table and do bits, to be honest. We did stargaze recently. Yeah, we stargazed. <laughs> a late-night stargaze on the, by not, near the Santa Monica <laughs> Pier, where we witnessed a couple having sex. And, and did we, you credit or debit them? <laughs> credit or debit. Cash back. We had a fantasy of like I was. We've talked about it because chances are they don't watch the show. But if they had watched the show, we wanted to come around, like come stand around them. Because how weird if you were like on the beach having sex at night and then like you looked up and you like love ER and there's like Juliana Margulies. <laughs> Like, it'd be so weird and surreal, and no one else is on the beach, but we Can didn't we do say it. nothing? Yeah. Hi, we're the cast of Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just want you to wish you a happy sex. <laughs> happy sex. Happy sex. Speaking of happy sex day, uh, oh. I, I have a Zach Woods signed oh. mouse pad. There it is. You're very welcome. Here's another uh, video message from a fan. Hi, this is Brian from Southerton, Pennsylvania. What I'd like to know is, what's your most embarrassing moment when performing on stage? Oh, wow. In short, Ooh. failing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing beats that. Nothing beats a good failure. I did this one. I, so when I first moved to New York, uh, I, wasn't in, I wasn't immediately in the UCB community. I was kind of just sort of like, okay, what do I do now? Uh, uh, and so I was. I would do these like character bits at at, at some like cabaret s- spaces, you know, trying to be I guess Kaufman esque, but uh, like somehow more alienating. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I remember doing this one bit where you know the thing is with like character bits, you gotta like commit to them. So if they don't, and they're pretty tightly written, so if you don't like. If you don't get them on a crowd on board, you've still got like you know six minutes of just like, like <laughs> probably super intense panicked. And it's not even stuff. like music where you could at least get lost in the music. Yeah. It's just it's a bit. Yeah, you got a hook, and it's like that's what it is, folks. So if you don't like it, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, doing all kinds of stuff and just yeah, essentially being on stage with no one laughing is is probably pretty horrendous. What's the, what's something that you look back? now that you did on stage and that you cringe to think that you did on stage? Well, well, one, it's not that crazy, but, like, so I would do these character bits, and at at one point someone was like, come to this club, like an actual stand-up club, you know, these clubs where you've got, like, two drink minimums, and it's, like, you know, kind of fancy. It's someone's night out. And I'm like, okay, I mean, it's kind of more of an alternative comedy thing, but sure, I'll give it a shot. And I, sure enough, I did it. I played this dad who's, like, panic, kind of losing. I think it's probably clips on YouTube of it actually going reasonably well. But he's just like, <laughs> my wife left me. That kind of, like, yeah. kind of a little bit hack stuff. But um, I remember it's not getting much laughs. And I remember a girl in the front row being like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, but, like, thinking that the character is real. Like, not even yeah. understanding the disconnect of a character. Like, yeah. responding to this guy who's theoretically going through this 
tough divorce, being like, oh no, no one's getting this on any Like level. she just thought this guy's doing, going through divorce and he got up on and stage to vent about it. he got up on stage and he's talking it. about it like, what a dummy. Well, like, <laughs> but that's, the, that's, that's such an interesting distinction between like mainstream comedy and alternative comedy is an alternative audience will come in expecting something, something to happen, yeah. but a mainstream audience will take pretty much everything you say literally. Yeah, yeah. And you have to be like, no, this is, why would you think this is real? This isn't yeah. a real guy. You gotta explain yeah. it. Oh, and BlizzCon was pretty rough. What about you? <laughs> oh, you did BlizzCon. That was terrible. At, at your we- a wedding party yeah. in New Orleans, I'd never been to New Orleans before, and uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went to this jazz club, and it was a real rough show. It was, I, we didn't really like it, and it was getting up to leave, and as we were leaving, the woman on stage was like, you! Come up here. And I was like, oh, no, I'm actually going to go. She was like, you come up or I'm going to bring you up. Oh. And I was like, okay. And I got up on stage and she gave me a tambourine. And she was like, now you're going to do the gangster lean. (laughs) (laughs) And she sang this song. And periodically she would make me do the gangster lean, which was like you'd have to shake the tambourine and lean back like I guess gangsters lean back. When they're uh, playing the tambourine. Yeah, Yeah. gangsters when they play tambourine have bad posture. And uh, Uh, it was uh, truly mortifying. And I remember making eye contact with my girlfriend and seeing like such a complicated cocktail of emotions in her eyes, like delight, like pity. (laughs) (laughs) Just it was really horrible. And somewhere there's oh, and while I was on stage, a guy next to me was like, "Hey, are you in Silicon Valley?" Do you have that do you was have, recent? Yeah, it was a few months ago. Yeah. Do you have one of those last stories? Last wow. Because uh, um, you don't do a lot of live. You don't. You, you, well, I've seen you do stuff on stage I, before. But. I rapped at a Buddhist meeting and I forgot the words. What? <laughs> In front of two thousand people, forgot the words, and then just picked it up and kept going. But it was a Buddhist meeting, so people were really nice about it. Like nobody <laughs> was. Nobody thought anything of it. Of In all fact, the audiences you could have, that yeah. was the most understanding. It was the perfect audience for it. By the way, we have a, a, the uncut extended version of this chat is available as a podcast at Nerdist. Also go to amc.com slash talking for bonus clips, oh. exclusive content, as well as links to the Nerdist <laughs> podcast for one of the episodes. More with the cast of Silicon Valley. We'll be right back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back. My guests the cast of Silicon Valley, Martin Starr, Zach Woods, and Thomas Middleditch. Uh, it is time for the live studio audience to ask some more questions. Someone hop on up and ask a question. There he is. What is your name? Hi, I'm Leonard from Seattle, Washington. Hey, Leonard, welcome. What Thank is your you. question? Uh, when you guys are out and about, has anyone ever asked you for any IT advice? <laughs> That's true. A lot of people who watch television think that all shows are documentaries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they will ask real questions. Uh, not so much advice, but a, I, I've definitely got caught in, like, a super technical wormhole and t- had to be, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I play video games, but that's about it. You know, like, um, I'm, uh, I also kind of bring it on myself because sometimes I'm like, hmm, fascinating, tell me more, you know, <laughs> it's some um, interesting thing. But, uh, yeah, the, bizarrely, the kind of the biggest perpetrators are not necessarily the, the lowly programmers, but, like, the CEOs who kind of feel like since they're so rich and powerful – you owe them. <laughs> uh, I've been bossed into a, conver- a conversation or two by quite a, quite a drunken and surly uh, CEO. CEO. Yeah. Who feel like because you're doing a story about their world that they own you in some way? Yeah, kind yeah. of. It's, it, it's, it's been weird at times. <laughs> yeah, anyone else? Bill Gates? Was it Bill Gates? No, I'm sure he'd be per- uh, perfectly uh, well-mannered. Anytime anyone asks for any kind of IT advice, I just say take a powerful magnet and put it on your hard drive. 
Uh, I have a special present for you. Let's see. What do we have for you? How about... There's so many trinkets. How about uh, your Richard Hendricks Hooli badge? This gets you into the Hooli office. Where's your camera there? Here's your camera right here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Uh, Here's another video message. Hi, guys. Brian from Montana. What show, past or present, would you have loved to have been a part of? Thanks. Roseanne. <laughs> uh, we found out they're not necessarily bringing that back, but fans are trying to get enough. I'm on board. Trying to get that back. I'm you one of those fans. What about you? A show in the past that I would have loved to have been a part of. I grew up watching NYPD Blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's not, that can't be my answer. Uh, uh, let me <laughs> Why not? I don't know. It don't hold not. yourself back. I would bring nothing to the table on NYPD Blue. Uh, you could yeah. be a great perp. I'd be a corpse. I'd like to be a corpse on <laughs> You would like to be a corpse Blue. on NYPD Blue. Uh, middle dish. Uh, that's, you kind of stole my answer, but uh, <laughs> now i got to think of something else. I don't know, man. There's lots. Game of Thrones, Baskets, The Wire. I mean, it, yeah. it would be like there's so many good shows. Uh, the you know British Office and extras. Like I love it when Gervais and Merchant team up together. The Mighty Boosh, all that shit. I would. Uh, there's so many things that I'd be like, God, that would be so incredible. I 100% would love to have been on the Golden Girls. <laughs> that show is so 100% funny. Because that's Mitch Hurwitz and Jim Vallely and, like, all these really great comedy writers who went on to create Arrested Development. And, you know, like, that... I feel like the jokes on that show were so tight and everyone, everyone on that show... They, there's one channel, I don't know, I can't remember what channel it is, but they just... It might be Lifetime. It's just on always. It's yeah. never not on. And whenever I stumble across it, I just am transfixed. You, you know what I saw kind of recently on a, on a rerun that I was like, this is very good. Home Improvement. <laughs> I, watched it uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. I watched it a lot as a kid, and then I, I always you know, kind of like made fun of it, you know, in, in uh, post. And then I was catching it, and I'm like, oh, look, it's so subtle. And like, you know. He's growing up. Our uh, boy is growing up. He likes Home Improvement. Home improvement. Uh, oh, my God. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> I don't think you got the full appreciation that you deserve for that Ray Romano impersonation. Oh, no. I'd like to talk to Ray Romano for a moment, if I did. <laughs> Tell the story again about being in the sauna at the spa, but as Ray <laughs> Romano. <laughs> Wait, please. Please. Uh, oh, I, so I walked out the sauna, and oh, my God, these two Vikings with the big dicks. Uh, that's, they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't say that. That was bad. I was I was worried you were having a stroke. Do you smell toast? Are yeah, you okay? Yeah. Is your arm yeah. uh, We have time for another, one more question for the audience. Uh, hello, what is your name? Hi, I'm Mark from Glendale. Hi. My Hi. question is, in the scenes when Ehrlich is smoking weed, uh, is he really smoking weed? And if so, how many takes does it take to get that down? <laughs> how many tokes does it take to get Ehrlich to high? The, <laughs> to the center of the... T- the uh, it, we don't use weed because that would be irresponsible, but it is crack cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. And the answer true. is one take, and he is unusable. Uh, Let's see. I think this is a very special. Oh, 
Look at this, a very special script for you oh. with a little calculator inside. It's a sign by everyone. Silicon Valley script, that's for you. You're very welcome. As we're kind of wrapping this up, what is, uh, what's your favorite part of the show? What's your favorite part about being involved in the show? Oh, goodness. And there's, there's a lot. I get, to do, I get to do a show that I think is really funny with good friends and really talented people on a network that is super supportive. So, I don't know. That. Okay, Zach? <laughs> Uh, it's hard to answer without feeling slightly embarrassed. I think it's a... Uh... Well, his is that he likes to accidentally come into my dressing room and see me. He'll never That's see what it. it is. And then it's like, oh, what's this camera doing here? Click, click. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I just love it. I love the people and I love the material. And uh, also it's, it's uh, so egoless. I think like the show's created by Mike Judge and Alec Berg. And the, both of those guys are like basically like comedy luminaries and they're still so collaborative like they could really be like auteurs and and use you sort of as their chess piece but they're so open and they work their asses off all the writers and i don't know it's it's hard not to sound like a press release when you talk about it but i just like love it with my whole heart hold on let's get that printed up because that's our new press release that's the new press release yeah what about you martin there's just so much love yeah in all sides and all ways I think. I mean, the the entire the entire crew and um, care about it so much more than they need to to be there. They're all so talented. I mean, we have like our our whole set deck department is incredible and far more meticulous than they need to be, and they make it they make it so nerds who live in this world. And I don't say that in a negative way. I think nerd is a, for me, has a positive connotation. I think the nerds that live in this world are like, oh, I know that. The, oh, and they tweet about it. And they're like, this is amazing. And yeah. it was just a little thing that's in one shot in the background of an episode. So it's, it's so important for everybody. Everybody loves it so much. What's your favorite part about Guilfoyle? I mean, it's just fun playing with Kumail. The, yeah. the, when Kumail and I have this you know, terrible husband and wife banter it's the best <laughs> clearly i'm the husband moving on you know i would like to revise my answer it actually is just seeing thomas's yeah all that stuff about love i was thinking about it was like it doesn't really ring true it's really just the nudity yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, just yeah, the nudity yeah, and coming yeah, in and seeing thomas yeah. four months out of I the leave, year i leave the door unlocked yeah we like to get naked it's cashback rebate that's the that's the that's the best thing about uh zach jared speaks in german in his sleep is this something, sort of saying, talking about, like, we just bring in stuff that happened? Okay, so I will explain this, but just understand that I'm Jewish. Mm-hmm. My whole family's Jewish. <laughs> I took karate at a Jewish community center. I have great love and respect for the Jewish people, being one of them. But, but. <laughs> when I was in college one morning, my college roommate, well, I woke up and he was like, hey, man, you okay? And I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? And he was like, I was up late last night writing a paper, and in the middle of the night, you were asleep, and then you shot up and made eye contact with me and said, uh, I hate the Jews. <laughs> and then went back to sleep. 
And I told, I told Alec Berg that story, and I think that may have been part of the inspiration. For <laughs> been part of the inspiration for that. Uh, this was amazing. Thank you guys so much for being on. Martin Starr, Zach Woods, Thomas Middleton. Silicon Valley is Sunday night on HBO. Watch it. Catch up if you're not caught up. Season four is coming up. Uh, always, I can't believe it's been four seasons already. That's insane. Uh, always check out uh, at Talking on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to find out what's going to be on the show, who's going to be on the show, how you can be involved and be a part of it. I'm Chris Hardwick, at Hardwick on the tweets and Instagram. Do not text and drive, please. I will see you next week. Good night. Bye-bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.